0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen
1: to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at raymer.org.au
0: forward slash media. Today, I guess, is Valentine's Day. And you know how us men really, you know, really notice that stuff. Like, that was a little cheeky there. Um, but anyway, so is it... Uh, how many years ago is it now, hon? Uh, 33. 33 years ago. On this day, we started to see one another. Y- you know, after like eight years of knowing each other, she gave in after eight years. No, that, that's not the really a whole true how story. Do, how but do
1: you like that uh, John Travolta happening up there?
0: Yeah, and, as, and that's like Olivia Newton-John's hairdo also. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah. We, we, were out, we were out on the road, and uh, a friend of ours, he was interested, he, he was in the singing group with us, and we were serving on the road, and he said, hey, I want to ask this girl out, but I'm really nervous. He said, would you too, he asked us individually, would you come to, so, to break the ice so I'm not alone? and we're going to go to a movie. Would you guys just come? So I'm, you know, because I'm nervous. It was like he, was, he really liked this girl. So I said yes, and then he asked her. And she said, I'll do it, but you tell Tony to stay away from me, to sit on the other side of the car, don't even try to get close to me, keep his distance. So that's what she said. It, it, it kind of hurt, you know. But, but I thought it's still an opportunity to be together. So... So I did exactly what she asked for. I um, stayed on the other side of the car. We were in the back seat, and you know, his the girl he asked was in the and and then I, at this movie, I stayed away from her at the movie. Didn't try to hold her, hand, you know, secretly hold her hand during the movie. I, and then when we got back in the car, we ate together at the restaurant. I, I was good. And then I, she knows what's coming here. She's a little nervous. I can tell. We're in the back seat and we're on either side. And you know what? She slid over, and, and she took my hand. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, but, you know, knowing her history, I thought, I, don't, I better not get my hopes up over that. I thought, in a, f- a few days, it'll go back to normal. But, you know, I was shocked. We, we, we were in California when that happened, uh, and we finished up, and we drove back to Tulsa, where we were living. And then we went to church on Sunday morning. And then surprisingly, she found me at church and wanted to go out to eat uh, lunch. And I was like thinking, wow, that's like, it could, it could go somewhere. And then, well, here we are.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So today we, you know, since we, we want to talk about relationships, but it's just not about marriage. It's This can work in every relationship. It can work with uh, parents and children, children. Uh, it can work with siblings, of course, uh, friendships. So we're just going to, uh, want to talk about a few things along these lines. So picking up even where a scripture we left off last week in Ephesians one and verse seventeen, uh, that says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So we talked about that last week and we mentioned uh in the Bible we could at least say there's two main types of wisdom. There's this kind of wisdom and then there's like everyday wisdom. So if if you're in business and you're Growing up a business, well, there's certain wisdom that it's really beneficial. So God's wisdom can help builders, chippies, solicitors, every every type of work, doctors. You know, you can just name a field, and the wisdom of God can help anyone do what they do better. But then there's this other wisdom here, and I would say that this wisdom is the the most important wisdom. It it says the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So this wisdom, uh, this is like knowing him. It's knowing who, who we are in him and what we have in him. And that kind of wisdom, now, it first helps us. It works in us. We said this last week. But then it eventually can work for us. Because even this everyday wisdom, wisdom to be a builder, wisdom to whatever you would do, that's one thing. But then this wisdom, say you're on the job and you're working alongside of people, when you know who you are in Christ and what you have in Christ, even though you might have extra wisdom from God to do your job, but knowing who you are in Christ and what you have, your, your behavior is going to be different and you're going to be a, a better witness even right while you're on the job. So this one will work in us, but it, it eventually works for us. Whereas the other one, Everyday wisdom for different things, uh, that, that is really working for us most of the time. So, with that said, um, we said this last week that this kind of wisdom, it's wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, knowing who we are, this is what establishes our true identity. And uh, of course, you know that by my accent, that I grew up in, in the States. And uh, I just remember when we used to visit the mountains or we would go to the ocean, and, and uh, here, there's a lot of ocean here, not as many mountains, but people would go to the, those places. They would go to the beach oceans or the mountains, and some people would say, well, I just want to discover who I am, and for some reason they thought it was more possible to discover who they really were at the mountains or the beach. Um, but there, there's a true identity that you don't have to go to the mountains or the beach to find out who you are. And so, really, God in Christ has the answer for every human being on the earth. And that's finding out who they, their true identity. And you find that out when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord. So, that then affects every area of our life. So, with it being Valentine's and thinking about relationships, here's a couple other scriptures as we build on this. So, Colossians 2, in verse 10, it says, And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power, New King James. And then in the English standard, it says, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. So I I did those two scriptures, because I looked at about 10 or 12 translations, and about 50% of them say you're complete, and uh, 50% say filled. So it's, it's pretty much that word can be used interchangeably. But I went ahead, and then I looked up that word in the Greek, and I liked one of the things that it said. It said cram. So I, I like the thought, like, you're complete in him or you're full in him. We're just, like, crammed. When we receive him as Lord, you know, his, there's things that are imparted into us. They're freely given, and that's a wonderful thing. But then we'll say a little later that it's up to us to get, it's up to us to renew our minds to, so our minds catch up to what's actually happened in our hearts And we'll say a little bit about that. But before we do that, as I commonly do, I'd like to just mention a few things to make sure there's no misunderstandings of what we want to say today. So because it says that you're complete in him and you have been filled in him. But let's talk about what I'm not I'm not wanting to say. So here's like an example. First Corinthians seven five. It says. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations, this is talking to married people, unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time, so you can give yourself more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. It's talking to married people, so when we talk about being complete and full I'm not implying that we're like this island unto ourselves, and we can isolate ourselves, and we don't need anyone else. And even married in a marriage relationship, uh, this is really good wisdom that we got from the Bible. That you know, you 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 can go apart for a season and you pray, but you come back together. So we're not talking about that. And then even here's a few other scriptures in First Thessalonians 4:18. It says. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So what do we see there? That we're not to be islands. We can encourage one another. So we're not talking about just being all alone because we're complete and we're full. Another scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build uh, one another up just as you are doing. Again, uh, it's showing togetherness and we need each other. Romans 1.12, it says that is that when we, be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So even coming together, we can encourage one another in the faith. And then Hebrews ten twenty four: let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. So there's plenty of scriptures. I just pulled out a few showing that the body of Christ is good when we come together. Uh, we can build each other up. So that's, uh, that's awesome. And later on, Patsy's going to talk about, like, an extreme where there's, like, a neediness and various things like that. But uh, there's a balance. And then here's one other thing, too, like what we're talking about. Let's look outside of God and see some things that we would see in the world along these lines because they can affect us in our thinking if we allow them to. So here is the way that the world expresses some things even like you could read these things on a Valentine's card. Here's one. It says, I love my eyes when you look into them. I love my name when you say it. I love my heart when you touch it. I love my wife life when you're in it. So sounds really wonderful and everything, but, you know, as a Christian, um, I think that when God loves us and we, when we receive him as Lord, uh, we're not that needy. So we're not talking about being an island and all by ourselves, but we're also not talking about like a neediness that's like too far gone. So so this is the way that this person is describing, but like what what if somebody doesn't look into the person's eyes? What if somebody doesn't do exactly what they're saying? Are they going to be okay? And that's what so what we're calling Today, here's what we're calling, what we're speaking on. We're saying, calling this complete in him. Uh, it's a foundation for health or a platform for healthy relationships. Okay, so again, one more time. You can put that up there. I, I kind of skipped over it, but we're calling this complete in him a platform for healthy relationships. Because what if somebody doesn't look into your eyes the right way? What if somebody doesn't say your name the way you want them to say it? What if somebody doesn't touch your heart? What if somebody doesn't do exactly what this person's saying? And that's the wonderful thing about being in Christ, that when we really know who we are, it says you're full and you're complete. And that is a healthy platform to build a relationship on. And then here's another one that you might find on a a valentine card you are the air that makes my balloon that makes the balloon of my heart float (laughs) sounds great and everything but you know um, and to a degree that's a good thing but like Jesus is really the main air like having God is the thing that should make our hearts float I mean he is the one that is he would He's the floater of floaters. If you're going to float, float with him. And it's so great to float with him that it almost makes me want to gloat. Now now I'm just doing a little poetry there. I'm being silly. But but then here's, here's another one. Everyone has their weakness, but I have two. Everything you say and everything you do, well... Sounds wonderful, but what if they don't say what you want to hear, and what if they don't do what you want to hear, you know? And so that's the wonderful thing about building that platform, like that in Christ, it's a really great platform then, to build relationships, from. you know, to have the relationship come out of that. Here's one last one. The, for the first time in my life, I don't have to try to be happy. When I'm with you, it just happens. Sounds great and everything, but, you know, a couple, about four weeks ago, Nina gave a message on joy, and, you know, there's a joy that comes from him, and so we can be happy 24 hours a day. We can have joy. Joy is on the inside of us. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's there all the time. You know, we can suppress it, or we can let it flow out, but what, what if somebody, you know, doesn't treat us the way that we want to be treated? Are we going to lose our joy? And so these these are that's the wonderful thing about being in Christ. So all of these are examples of a rom- they're like romantic thought patterns that are outside of God. But I, I like the thought patterns that are in Christ. And so we want to just talk about that. So we we said uh, last week about that scripture that I read earlier, that the, you know when you have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. That is a wonderful platform to build relationships from. So I want to say a few more things about this platform that we can build relationships from. And the platform that our relationships are built on then, whatever when we know who we are, everything comes from that place. So I woke up this morning and uh, I had to add some things to my notes. And I'm thankful that the Lord gave me this, uh, this this morning. He gave me some stuff about platforms, and, I, and, he, and I'm sure that, you know, he didn't name every platform. But he, the way that he said it to me, there's two main platforms that you can build on. Though, whatever is outside of Christ, that, that can be outside of God, outside of Christ. The, the world is building a platform. Their, their platform is built on that, who they are. But then there's the in Christ one, and that's what we build on. But then he gave me this, he said, the outside of Jesus Christ or Jesus' Lord platform, how does that get built? And so, like our parents have a lot to do with it. What what our parents invest and put into us, our friends, uh, television, schooling, school is a big thing, reading, what we read. So even just a few of those, I I had, my father was pretty good. You know, he wasn't a Christian. He got saved later on. I, I, was, I became a Christian before my father. But he had some good morals about him, and he put some good things in me. Uh, but what if he didn't? You know, what if he, uh, what if he uh, abused my mother, and he physically beat my mother up? And then if, what if I didn't find Jesus as Lord, and I watched that? Well, what could happen is then I could become who he was. That's, if that's who he was, and that's all I saw, that, then that was, that's how, who I became. And then that's what I'll do. And so these are very important things. Now, television is a big thing. When I grew up, you know, uh, it's a a while ago when I was young, uh, and and my wife, you know, once in a while, she says, you know, you say how old you are quite often, and she's correct, but I'm going to say it one more time because it helps. Like, I'm 65 years old, so think about when I was, like, 15 years old. That's 50 years ago. I remember... When my father first got a television, it was a black and white one. It wasn't even color. He couldn't afford, like, a colored one, so we got black and white TV. And, you know, we watched Bonanza. Does anyone remember? That's, I, and it was real kind of wholesome and everything. Well, we're in a different world today with different things on TV. So, and so what television can do. Now, so I know now I said how old I am, and I got this gray hair, and I can come across as like an old fogey that, that's boring and maybe doesn't know what he's talking about. But this is what, this is my conviction. What they put on TV today, here's one example. I've never watched it, and it may be good. I don't know because I don't even want to use any time on it. But it's, it's called the modern family. So this modern family. Why don't I want to watch it? Because why do I want to see how somebody outside of Christ has a family? Why do I want to see how they talk to one another? Why do I want to see if the husband smarts off to the wife and the wife smarts back off to the husband and how they talk to their children? I'm not interested. I want to have an in Christ family, not the modern family. Does that make sense? But when we talk about how these platforms are built, when young people grow up on that, that's what they think is normal unless they get something else. And then from that kind of a platform, that's, see, the platform that we build our life on, that's what we believe, that's what we think, and that's how we talk. It produces attitudes and all kind of stuff. And and so these are big things. So then people live from that place. It's who they become, because what you believe and how you think and talk is who you become, okay? And then through, out of that, then people can form habits. You can form a habit. You know, I, I mean, just little funny things, you know, we were, I traveled in a singing group for a couple, like almost nine years, and we had a bus, you know, we, we started off with 22 people in an over-the-road bus, but our manager somehow whittled it down to 14, we just all had to do extra work, so we had 14 people in an over-the-road bus, spent years together, and, you know, I noticed how you could get into habits, so we went by this city in Georgia, you in, in the name of the city, it was from an, an American Indian name, it was called Unadilla. Unadilla. That was the name of a city, I guess, in Georgia. And so one of the guys in our group, he was a Canadian guy, Tom. And he goes, Unadilla. Like he was talking like an Indian chief. And, and he goes, Unadilla. Well, you know, it, it was like for three months, every time we walked into the bus, we go, Unadilla. You know, it's almost like we got in a habit. We had to break the habit of going, Unadilla. You know? <laughs> that, that's just one example on how you can, like, form a habit, you know? Uh, <laughs> And um, so, that said, you you can form good habits, or you can form bad habits. And it's what we feed into ourselves, and that's the platform that things get built on. And so then there's the in Christ one. And the in Christ one, here's the wonderful thing about it. As soon as we say, Jesus, I believe God raised you from the dead, and I welcome you into my heart as my Savior, at that very moment, we become new creatures I mean, we get a clean slate and we instantly become somebody who we were not. You know, you, you, know, you, you don't have to like, there's certain things that you call, you can call those things to be not as though they were, but if you're a new creature, you don't have to do that. If, you, if there is something that the Bible says promises you, you can call that into existence, but you know, for this, this is what we already are. We are new creatures in Christ. What we were not, we are. So we're somebody new. And that's our true identity. But you know what? That happens in our spirit. But then we got to get this up here to catch up to what happens here. And that's what the Bible talks about, renewing our mind. So this renewing the mind, when we talk about building this platform, uh, it's connected to renewing our mind. So with that said, uh
1: the the title that Tony felt to put on this, the word healthy, or the term healthy relationship, as opposed to just any relationship. And so, as he said, we're not just talking about a romantic or an intimate relationship, we're talking about every relationship. People can be really hungry for an intimate relationship, but once I get it, it may not be healthy. So what we, what we are looking at is the platform for a healthy friendship, family relationship, coworkers, uh, um, a marriage relationship. So uh, we're going to look at two different principles today. And the first thing that we want to contrast is that uh, in a relationship, uh, there can be, uh, you could either have a relationship where you are a giver or a taker, a consumer or a contributor, a full person or a needy person. So uh, with that, look. let's look at this clip. Check it's, it out! Look at it, I'm in really bad shape! Come on, please! Bob, please! Give me, give me, give me! I need, I need, Bob. I need, I need! Give me, give me, please! All right, all right, right! Okay, play it again. We gotta get it. Do it again. <laughs> Check this... it out! Look at I'm in really bad shape! Come on, please! <laughs> please! Give me, give me, give me! I need, I need, Bob. I need, I need! Give me, give me, please! All right, all right, all right! Okay, so obviously this is not a healthy relationship. Check but, it out. Look at him in so, really bad shape. Come yeah, on. Yeah, okay, cut it. <laughs> <laughs> you may not have ever said those words, gimme, 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 to a friend or a, a spouse or some relationship in your life. You may never have said, gimme, 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 I need, I need, I need. You may have never clutched onto them like a parasite physically. But there could have been thoughts in your head uh, that would say something. What about me? Seems like I'm always doing the giving. What about me? Parents can have that for kids, and you can have that for a friend. Seems like I'm doing a lot of the giving. What about me? Um... How about this? If, if you really loved me, you'd, you'd fill my needs. I have needs. Has anybody in here even thought these things? Okay, good. I have seen some people, honest people. Okay. Making me feel a little bit better here. Okay, what we're talking again about a healthy relationship that contrast a giver from a taker. A person who is a contributor from a consumer. A person who is full from somebody is I need, I need, gimme, gimme, gimme. So everything in, in, uh, in a relationship for a person who is a, a, a consumer or a taker is good unless that other person isn't supplying the needs. And if they're not coming through, it's a supply, then, then it all comes bad. So in that case, if one is a taker or a consumer, the other one usually is a supplier. That can go on uh, for a short amount of time, or that can go on. Some people stay in relationships all their life with taking So, uh, but 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and uh, verse 31, the second part of this verse, says these words. And yet I show to you a more excellent way. There may be a relationship or relationships that you're aware of where either you're the one taking or maybe you're being taken from. Uh, There's just a more excellent way. It doesn't have to be that way. And that's why Tony got it in his heart that uh, when we're talking about relationships, there's a healthy relationship that God is offering to us. And so in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, following this verse of Scripture, following these words, a more excellent way, we find the love chapter immediately. So the more excellent way is the way of love. You say, but I do love. Let's look at this quality of love that changes an unhealthy relationship into a healthy relationship. You know in the Greek there are four different words for love, and we're not going to study into that. But um, agape means the the God kind, or it's a quality of love that is um, uh, unconditional In the Hebrew language, the word for love actually is amazing. And one that we don't commonly use, but it is the word ahava. And the Hebrew word uh, for love, ahava, comes from the base word hav, which means give. Literally means give. Which makes love giving. So in other words, when somebody says, I love you, They're not saying, I need you, I need what you have, I give me what you have. They're saying, actually, I'm giving to you. When parents say to their children, I'm giving to you, friends, whatever. So let's look back at this last phrase that Tony had or this last uh, Valentine card um, phrase that he had. For the first time in my life, I don't have to try to be happy when I'm with you, it just happens. And you know what? With romantic love, it does happen. I I remember that night. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and it changed my life. I just thought, well, Mr. Caminetti. And so, uh, I love that. That's a wonderful feeling. But what if happiness doesn't happen, and your equation of love is When you make me happy, you love me, or there is love. When you don't make me happy, there is not love. And people come up with crazy conclusions about love that is based upon happiness and what a person gives to them. And love, by God's definition, because God is love, doesn't even mean you feel all my needs. So, therefore, I love you. Love is not even that. It is actually giving. So the, the, the situation is, is that you can't give for the other person. And so some frustration can happen if, if maybe you feel like you're giving, but they're not giving to you. And so you cannot actually give for the other person. But you know who you can give for. You can give give yourself. You cannot control their giving, but you can be a giver yourself. And that is what God did. We love him because he did what? He loved us. He loved us first. You can only give your part. You can't give somebody else's part, but you can give yours. And it's so empowering when you know that. But what is it that you do give to another person? What can you give to another person? You're not looking for what they can give to you, but what can you give to them? One of the best things to do is ask. You can ask. Number one, you can ask God because he knows that person. Even better, perhaps, than that person knows themselves. I know there have been some times when I've asked the Lord, help me to know how to be a better wife. I've, I've, I've prayed the same prayer as a mother. I've prayed the same prayer, and in this February fast, I've been looking at these things in my own life. How can I be a better friend? Where am I being a taker? How can I be a giver? So I, you can ask the Lord, and the Lord can show areas where you're being a, a demanding and parasitic and and drawing from rather than giving. And so, uh, you can't give. You can't give for somebody else, but you can give for yourself. You can ask the Lord what, and then you can ask the person. what What would mean something to you? And so I know... You know, Tony um, loves to demonstrate his love in in acts of service. When he wants to absolutely tell his family that he loves them, he goes to the kitchen. He doesn't write a card. And so if I was waiting for him to be convinced, I need, I need, I need a a Valentine card, well, then we'd have been done a long time ago.
0: Cook her a good meal, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you know what he does? He shouts his love in the kitchen. So there's different ways of expressing love. Acts of service and affection. He likes to have love expressed to him in touch. So we seldom are in the car together. That I don't have my hand on him. We sit here in church. I'm like plastered to him. It says to him, I love you. Quality time, gifts. There can be different ways with your friends and family that you, uh, and you, that you give. Ask them what means something to them. What would help you today, for instance? Just even asking says, I love you. You could just say, I love you, which is also nice. But you could say, I love you, or you could say, what... Well, How can I love you today? What would mean something to you? It could be some time. It could be something else. Ask. The last thing that you can give is I know this is a different one an apology. Something that we never hear from God is, I'm sorry. It's because He's perfect. He never has ever, 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 ever had to say, I'm sorry. But because sometimes you and I don't act like him, we fall short just a little bit, it's important that we are able to say, I'm sorry. And not just in a cavalier or really schmear kind of way, but something that says, I actually know what I did that hurt. I'm sorry for the way I I talked to you. I'm sorry for uh, the way I acted. I, I'm sorry. I could see that it hurt you. I, I, and, and that matters to me. And I don't want to do that. Another thing with an apology is knowing um, that even though you don't have to ask God and beg God to forgive you, you come and receive forgiveness because forgiveness has already been bought and paid for. You come and receive it. With a person... Asking for forgiveness shows respect to that person and demonstrates that you want to give them something. So, you can, while we don't want to be a needy person on somebody, I need, I need, gimme, 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 there is someone that we can be needy of. And that's him. We can be need him. If you can put that picture up, I thought about a tree, mango tree, full of fruit. When we say I need God, when I need him, does that mean that you don't have him? No, that doesn't mean that at all. When you say that you need God, it's the same that this tree needs the ground that it's planted in. It has the ground. It's planted in the ground. But when you say you need God, what you're saying is I'm drawing from God. Just like how, how Kevin today, when he, was, when he was praying and worshiping the Lord, and, and we were following along with him, he was saying, I, I receive every, from your presence. You're drawing into your life who God is. You need him. You have him. That you receive in def- deficits I like to use the use that word in deficits where we're not giving to someone maybe we're short on an, in an area. you can draw on his full supply and praise the Lord what ends up happening when you draw from God it pops out fruit because the people and the relationships in your life aren't uh, affected and blessed by eating your bark or your tree trunk or your branches, they're blessed by eating the fruit from your life, which you wouldn't have if there wasn't life coming up into you. Our best, our best that we can give to our friends, the best that we can give to, to people that we love, is not our bark, is not our limbs. Is not our tree trunk. It's actually what we draw from God and produce as fruit. So when you're full of God, you become a contributor. You become. You actually become a giver. And to the degree that you are full of him, you're able also then to give. We were singing uh, today, and you guys can come ahead. Uh, we were singing a wonderful uh, worship song to the Lord and actually a prayer. It was a request. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. And then here comes the request. Open up my eyes. That's what Tony was talking about. Open up my eyes and wonder. Fill me what? What? With your heart. So draw from his heart. Fill me with your heart and lead me. What is it? And then lead me to in love to those around me. We can give and give and give and give and give and give give if we're not just giving our branches If we're not just giving our bark. If we're actually giving the life that comes up through us and producing fruit in our lives. We're going to sing that as a prayer today. And the other part, too, that I will build my life. We don't tell these guys what we're going to minister on, but when they were singing this song, I just thought, oh, that's a perfect song. Tony used the word platform. This song says the word foundation. But faith starts singing that, I will build my life. Let's pray this together, can we? Can we just lift up this prayer? I will build.
0: look and focus on the things that you do not like about that person. But talk about, compliment, and thank that person for the things that you do like. Do not be on the negative side concerning this relationship. Get onto the positive side show love talk love give and compliment and do not look at the negative or bad side of this particular person and as you do the other thing you will see a gradual turn and changing in the relationship and then finally you'll be able to begin to build this relationship because you chose to humble yourself first and you chose to see the good and you chose to compliment, to talk and say things that are good. Hallelujah. So I don't know who that's for
1: got something too honey I see I see like uh, people in relationship like staggering especially one person staggering because they don't feel secure because the relationship is actually built on the foundation of that person's love or the perception of that person's love at one time or performance but the Lord is saying build the relationship not on your love or the other person's love build the relationship on my love because that love can never come to an end that love will instruct you. That love will help point out those things that are good in the person's life. His love is a firm foundation. His love. And on that love, you will not be shaken.
0: If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at reiner.org.au.